welcome to Freaky Fauna Friday, where every Friday we take a little time and explore some of the freaks of nature from around the planet we cherish so deeply. So please, jump aboard and let's explore the wilds together. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Freaky Fauna Friday. Ah. I am the great and powerful Mr. E. And I am Jay. And together we're going to take you on another blast from the past. That intro just always is just, it's Relaxing. like a, it's like a, like a spa day, a breath of fresh air, or just a, a cool drink on a warm day. And at the end you get an angry Swede. That's right. <laughs> Swedish chef. A lovely Swede. Mm-hmm. Today's Freaky Fauna is the Jefferson's giant ground sloth. Ooh. There are many, many species of giant ground sloth. This is not the biggest one. Okay. But this is a really famous one. It's just a giant ground sloth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the Jefferson's giant ground sloth is also known as Megalonyx jeffersoni. Hmm. It's a member of the Megalonia ched giant ground sloth family group. It is one of two types of giant ground sloths that have been recovered in Ice Age sites in the Midwest. Oh, so it's close to home? Yeah. These are these are our giant ground sloths. What, in Ohio? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Ohio, Indiana, uh, Pennsylvania. You know, it's a little bit into Appalachia, but mostly the Midwest. Are they extirpated? Extinct. Oh, okay. They're fully extinct. Yes. Dang it. Yes. Extirpated means they would be alive somewhere else. So they're not... Yes. Uh, giant ground sloths are large relatives to our modern-day two-toed sloths. So kind of uh, a funny thing with two-toed and three-toed sloths alive today, they are not closely related. They're completely... What? They're very, very... They're each on the very tips of different branches of of, giant, of sloth. Okay, so they're still sloths. Yes, but cover, covergent evolution made them look very similar. Okay. So, but they're each like the tree-dwelling slow member yeah, of each so major lineage. So, why are they so so slow? It's a defense mechanism. To be slow. Yeah, because but think about most prey or predator animals. Yeah. They're looking for reactionary stuff. Right. Yeah. So they're wanting to chase, and if you're going that slow on your high speed. Yeah, you can't even. Yeah. <laughs> and then they taste. They stink. They grow moss. They taste really bad. Mm. So it's just a whole like gimmick. I guess so. Uh, but they are members of sloths and armadillos. The Exterethia is the whole order. Okay. Family like Megalodia chatty today, which is just the, the, the giant ground sloths. Uh, these guys are about 10 foot tall at the shoulder. So not the biggest giant ground sloth, but still pretty big. Hefty. Yeah. Uh, most African elephants, not the greatest, biggest African elephants. Like they get up to like 13 foot tall at the shoulder. And yeah, so, but the average, I'm yeah, sure. Is about 10 foot tall. Uh, these guys weighed up to about 2,500 pounds. Okay. And they are extinct. So this is a megafauna. Yes. Oh, yeah. Extinct megafauna. Uh, So, yeah, their description is they are a very large, heavily built animal. They have a large skull with a massive blunt snout, massive jaws, well-developed chewing muscles, large, blunt, peg-like teeth. Uh, As with other sloths, their teeth on the outer layer of dentin rather than enamel. And thus, they were softer than other mammals. So is that pointing at that they were uh, herbivore or omnivores? So soft teeth wear faster than hard teeth. Okay. Uh, and to compensate for that, their teeth continuously grow through their whole life. Mm-hmm. So think about it more like... Beavers? Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. That they're always like growing out teeth. So it means that they're chewing... They could still chew with some very tough stuff. Yeah. But, you know, they're going to wear down their teeth. Gotcha. But, uh, the, but they need to. Yeah. Okay. So the shape of their hip bones also indicate they could walk on all four... 
uh, legs. That's probably mostly how they moved, but they could also stand up. Uh, the that's probably too. most of the defensive posture, and they used their tail like a kangaroo. These guys had massive, thick tails. Oh, they do have tails. Yeah, okay. very, very large tails. Because sloths now don't have tails, right? They do. They're just tiny. Tiny? Okay, yeah. so they're short. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like I said, like hmm. it's weird. Like they, The three-toed and two-toed sloths look very similar, and they're not very closely related. So, and how many toes does this one have? Uh, so this is more. This has, I believe, a full hand of four claws and a, like and a thumb. Oh, so it's even something completely different mm-hmm. than those two. I believe it's a member of the two-toed family group, though, of what we consider a modern day. Okay, gotcha. Now, okay, and they have more than that. They just have three or two big claws that are distinct. Yeah. Okay. So habitat. These guys dwelled uh, primarily in woodlands and forest, although they likely did occupy a broad environmental systems. Uh, these guys were. Pretty well built, so anywhere they really wanted to end up, they probably could. Could be there, yeah. Uh, two recent studies that were able to link their uh, directly dated specimens to the thermal Pliocene with regional paleoenvironmental records. Okay. Sorry, guys. Everybody at home, it's been a long night for Justin, and he is tired. So A long week. Well, uh, yeah. Demonstrate these, uh, so these particular animals were associated with uh, spruce-dominant mixed conifer hardwood habitats. That means they just kind of preferred uh, conifers. Okay. And, yeah. However, they were likely one of several types of woodland habitats utilized by the Jefferson's giant ground sloth over the course of the Pliocene. Uh, There's just, like, these guys pop up. uh, Literally, I believe it was two years ago, Indiana farmer found a skull in his field of one of these guys. Yeah, it wasn't some, like, gorilla skull he planted there, was it? No, it was their humongous skulls. Okay. Uh, but no, he found it, and he didn't know what it was, and it was a giant ground sloth skull. Uh, that's pretty. Now, it was fossilized, or was this it no, was actual bone. skull? Bone. No way. That's yeah. awesome. I want it. I like. <laughs> I want. This is one of my. Like, the, <laughs> I want a it. decent one of these guys' skulls because there's a lot of them. They have, there's a you know you can actually buy these on like the bone market and stuff like that. Start digging up in people's yards. Well, it's yeah. We'll find one eventually. Eventually, uh, but they're like five grand, six Phew. grand for a decent one. Hmm. I mean, it's it's not terrible, but. That's, I mean, it is steep price point, but worthy cause. So these guys, the shape of their teeth suggests that they were primarily browsers uh, who primarily ate leaves, twigs, and possibly nuts. And furthermore, the recent analysis of their bone chemistry of an individual recovered in Virginia strongly indicates these animals had a mostly herbivorous diet, which is keeping with the previous study conducted for individual records of, from Alberta, Canada. Hmm. So these aren't the ones that we think of uh, that are eating like meat and stuff like that. Right. There were... Ground sloths. So ground sloths took a gigantic variety of shapes and forms and such. There were giant marine ground sloths. Oh my gosh! I know that ground sloth marine. They weren't called giant marine ground sloths. They were from a lineage of ground sloth that went fully marine. Marine, yeah. And they were quite large. Uh, their megalons would eat them. Wow. But they were. Think about the, they kind of occupied a niche in South America, similar to like what mantis do in North America. Uh, mostly shallow water, swampy coastline vegetarians now that would that just seems like a, a if you've seen one of them swimming that's a bigfoot oh yeah you know what i mean yeah i mean they there are a lot of people that suggest bigfoot could be uh a giant ground sloth wait did you say they took the manatee niche or you, is that what you said why well, a group of them tried to ah they did not do good oh okay uh, there were plenty of predators like melismosaurs and megalodons, and then alligators, crocodiles. Yeah, I mean there was, and then the niche were occupied already by like stellar sea cows and stuff like like the, they had a lot of competition. They just were trying it out. Gotcha. Okay. They didn't make the cut. I was just trying to make the connection from Bigfoot to manatees to giant ground sloths. 
There might be something there. Maybe That's a, a big... different show. Write that down. Write that down. Oh, okay, you're right. It is a different show. Uh, unlike other giant ground sloth species, uh, these guys walked on flat sole feet on their hind legs. So that's kind of rare. A lot of them would like almost like they still had the foot formation of yeah. their tree dwelling cousins. But they so walk on walk their sides of their oh, feet. Gotcha. These guys would actually walk on their flat feet. Yeah, like heel and all. Yeah. And there's only a couple species of giant ground sloth that did this. So like these giant grounds, like the speciation happened very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So what that means is they took over a lot of niches very quickly. So they were still holding on to a lot of traits from earlier species. Gotcha. So when you evolve really quick, you don't have time to get rid of all the little odds and ends that don't really help you out anymore. Yeah. And that's probably a good Takes- re- like a good point of why a lot of these guys went extinct relatively quickly. Okay. Is that other animals came into their niches that were just better. Gotcha. You know, they just they didn't compete. They these guys were really good. At every th- or they were good at everything, Jack- not really experts of nothing. Jack of all trades, master of none. Do you know the rest of the quote? Uh, don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> I can't remember it, but it's like the rest of the quote is, "I rather be a master, or I rather know many than be a master of one." It's something like that. Like the real study, like the real saying is saying, like it's better to be a jack of all. Oh, okay, really? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it would be better to be. A master at one. Not if you're trying to survive. I guess. If you're really good at building a house, but you can't catch any food, guess what? That's where really com- build, building a house really sucks. That's where community comes in. Yeah. Giant ground sloths uh, had an uh, extremely widest range of all the North American ground sloths. So these Jefferson ground sloths have kind of just popped up everywhere. Like I said, they're mostly a Midwest species, but they are all, they've been found all the way from Northwest Canada to Western Mexico. Okay. Uh, they are the only ground sloth that has been recovered from the Yukon and Western Territories of Canada. So on Crips of the Corn, we may talk about that as them still being alive up in the Yukon. That'd be cool. Um, did you say at the beginning where the Jefferson name came from? Yeah, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Oh, oh, no, maybe I didn't. Uh, maybe I didn't. It's from Thomas Jefferson. Oh, okay, okay. He's one of the ones that described him early on. Or I, No, he was na- they, it was a named after thing. Gotcha. I'm not okay. 100% on that, but there's something there with that. With Thomas Jefferson, okay. Uh, so the status at the end of the Pleistocene, uh, the Pleistocene megafauna in North America, the Jefferson's ground sloth went extinct towards the end of the Pleistocene. Despite the large number of specimens that have been recovered from across the continent, only a handful have been directly dated due to radiocarbon dating. Furthermore, most of them are directly dated from specimens as from the therm- or the thermal Pleistocene provide good temp- or temporal estimates for mm. the species extinction window. Currently, the youngest uh, widely accepted radiocarbon dating Obtained from the lower jaw of an, interview, uh, of an individual recovered in northern Illinois. That was that one that was really recent. Yeah. Uh, this date obtains that they probably went extinct between uh, 13,800 and 13,160 BC. Pr- that's pr- oh, BC? hmm Oh, I guess that would make sense. I was thinking years ago, but that's mm-hmm. still, that's like, so it's like. Just at like 15,000, 15,000 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. So a single uh, older direct date of you know, about adding another 50 years to that was obtained on uh, petrified bone cartilage from a toe bone that was seen in North America in North Dakota. Hmm. Still pretty spread out. Yeah. So these guys relatively, they, they went extinct way before mammoth and such. It really seems to directly date to when humans got here to North America, at least from the, some of those earlier estimates. Yeah. Or, you know, like the mid-estimates when, like, a lot of the North Americans moved in from Asia and such. Right. Uh, and we've talked about that on Crips of the Corn, that 
the giant Gressloth, like, um, okay, not Megalania. That's the lizard. Uh, oh, uh, 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 oh, it was right on the tip of my tongue. Is because I, I, I have Ark in my mind. Yeah, it's the Ark one. The Ark one. Oh, the really big one. Those it, are the ones that were probably carniv- like partially carnivores. It might pop in my head before we finish this. I'll try. Megatherium. Yeah, Megatherium. Megatherium was the biggest of the giant ground sloths. Okay. So they would burn those to like in their caves. Right. They were yeah. so scary. Like literally, they were standing like sixteen to seventeen foot tall at the shoulder. They are very mean on that game. I don't know if that means anything. I mean, they but... were they were almost ten thousand pounds. They were like so. To keep in mind, these guys are at twenty five hundred pounds and ten foot tall at the shoulder. The uh, Megatherium was, you know, 16, 17 foot tall at the shoulder and 10,000 pounds. That's insane. And that they were, s- they are famous for uh, what we believe is ca- carcass stealing. That they were not good hunters because they, something the size of a small house. Yeah, they just come in and scoop it up. But after. they were bigger than all the other carnivores. Yeah. So, and yeah, so when they come in, they just took it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Fight it? So I hear I have the name. I did have the name thing later oh. on. View it awaited. Oh, my bad. Once again, guys, I'm sorry at home. I'm very tired. I just uh, got excited. Jefferson's giant ground sloth is named after Thomas Jefferson, who recorded fossil bones from the animals that had been recorded from caves in West Virginia in the late 18th century. Originally, Jefferson thought the remains belonged to a giant cat based on the size of the claws recovered in the cave. Mm. The name was assigned to the animal. Megalonyx means giant claw. He uh-huh. soon realized, however, that animals was much more close related to the South American tree sloths. Jefferson presented a scientific paper about his research uh, to the American Philosoph- or Philosophical Society of 1797, uh, marking the beginning of the, verte- uh, the vertebrate paleontology in North America. In fact, Megalonyx was the subject of the first two scientific articles ever published in the U.S. fossils. Mm, okay. The, the Jefferson's giant ground sloth has a lot of... Historical significance? Yeah. It was kind of the first ever fossil researched here in North America. Yeah, that was solely, you know, found here and yeah, only like, here, yeah. Like, yes, fully. Like, it was one of the first. That's kind of cool. And there was... Most people believe it's because, first off, there's a lot of them. Is that what makes these guys freaky? Yeah. I mean, they're very big. I mean... Giant ground sloths as a whole were very freaky animals. Yeah. And like I said, they went extinct partially due to the end of the Ice Age. A lot of our megafauna went extinct at the end of the Ice Age. Right. We don't, like, there's many ideas of why megafauna went extinct. We look at mammoths, like mammoths in the Northern Hemisphere, if I remember the number right, measured at like like 140,000 years ago, there was like 40 or 50 million of them in the Northern Mm -hmm. Hemisphere, which for a, a large animal is a lot. Yeah. And then by like 30 or 40,000 years ago, it was under a million animals. Dang. Okay. And that, you know, that's a long time. It's yeah. 100,000 years, but a steady decline. You're right. Exactly. Uh, and then humans probably finished them off, hmm. at least for the most part. You know, we, we talked about Encrypts of Corn, you know, on the Patreon, we talked about the living mammoths. Right. That they might still be out there. I do think there could be in Russia and in the Yukon and stuff like that. You know, they're, they're, shack- people, they're people, shacked up with the giant ground sloths. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I do think there could be Ice Age holdovers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, think of all the megafauna from Africa are Ice Age holdovers. Elephants, what, hippos? All, all, every, everything over 1,200 pounds is from the last Ice Age. Okay. They're just, they stayed longer. Gotcha. And some people point to the evidence that that is that those are the ones, and this is, you know, a lot of conjecture, that those are the ones that evolved with humans directly. Okay. You know, most people point that at least humans probably evolved in Africa, Asia, or somewhere in that little that little confluence of, you know, 
Yeah, I so know. they say. I'm just saying that's where most scientists put them at. Right. And that those megafauna had experience with, with humans. Pe- with people? Okay. And then when their humans moved out everywhere else in the world, yeah. those megafauna did not have experience stayed. with humans. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. you know, they weren't as fearful as probably they should have been. Yes. I mean, you think that, you know, as a mammoth or a mastodon or a giant ground sloth, uh, it's something that's 120 pounds isn't that scary to you when you're, you know, 10,000 pounds. Right. Until it starts throwing a sharp stick at you and right. burns you alive in your cave. Or has these elaborate traps. And right. Scoop your legs up or something. I don't know if I personally buy into that theory. That is a leading theory, though. What's to, that? Like, that, that humans are responsible for a lot of these megafauna going extinct in the rest of the world. Gotcha. Uh, we talked about the map and glory too. Yep. On uh, I think it was another Patreon episode that the map and glory is probably a giant ground sloth that's still alive in the rainforest of South America. Yeah. I mean, it fits very similar descriptions. Giant ground sloths also had a a pit on their stomach that released uh, the stinky odor. Yeah, yeah. It's it's scent gland. It's just what it is. Oh, I mean, yeah. I anybody's ever been around goats? Like, they have theirs in the back behind their horns. Hmm. So it's literally a bare patch of skin uh, that leaks. It looks like it's leaking. Really? Yeah. On goats? On uncastrated male goats. Boars. Did, did not know that. Yeah, that's why they reek. Did not know. I know, I guess I've never been that close to a stinky goat. Oh, they stink. Horrib. Horrid. Then why do you keep trying to convince me to get a different show? Different show. Oh, milk goat's different than a boar. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're no, right. an uncastrated male goat. Well, I've milked one in a different show. There's a different show. But so there's a lot of like the end of the ice age is a very interesting mass extinction. And I do believe a big part of it is specialization. The habitats, you know, the, the ice sheet was retreating. Yeah. The snow line is retreating. Yeah. So just less land. It's a different world than we live in today. In the North America, 13,000 years ago, 14, 15,000 years ago, a, di- a new animal did move in, which I do believe a lot of these animals went extinct due to. Rat. Ooh, a good guess. Bison. Oh, bison. Okay. Bison moved in with in massive, I mean, herds measuring hundreds of thousands it, of animals. They could move a lot quicker. And bison are big. Oh, yeah. But not compared to mammoths and giant ground sloths and no. such, you know. So they were the smaller end of megafauna. They right. came in and they were eating all of the wintering habitats that these megafauna were using. Mm, okay. And they got there first. They were faster. Where did they come from? Uh, Asia okay. and Russia, uh, Europe. Like the those populations were much much older. They came over on the land bridge the second time. Are they still uh, over there? Yeah. Well, the Asian for, or the or the European forest bison is I I think red listed. There's like only a couple herds of them. Okay. Uh, uh they're very rare now. But that that fourteen fifteen thousand year mark is when they came over on the land bridge the second time. It yeah. was open. See, I always just had in my head that bison were only in America, but Mm-mm. yeah, I don't. They're actually the newest kids on the block. Hmm. Okay. Everything else, pretty much all the other big animals were already here. So they could have been like roaming the plains of Mongolia. They were. Like, yeah. Okay, the steppe areas, yeah. Yeah, that's that's their habitat. And when they got here, the uh, megafauna wasn't ready for them. Yeah. Uh, the megafauna over in Europe or in Asia, in Russia, was already kind of dealing with them. Yep. That's why the mammoths are, were already retreating back to colder climates. And their populations dropped off way, way first. Mm. The bison, they here. just couldn't handle bison. Okay. Oh, the megafauna. Yeah, megafauna gotcha. couldn't handle because they were. There had never been an animal like that in the colder climates of the nor- northern hemisphere. You know, you think of wildebeest and in actual buffalo, true right. buffalo. You know, not bison. Yeah, that would have animals, of hundreds of thousands of animals in a herd. 
They got to these areas quick, and they just wiped out the food. Right, yeah. Mammoths were not fast. So when they got to these just areas big. that they were depending on to survive the winter, they went extinct. And well we talked gone. about it. That mammoths were, uh, I know we're getting off track for giant ground sloths, <laughs> but mammoths were responsible. They were keystone species. When they got to these wintering habitats, they were the ones that would open up the ground for other animals to eat also. Right, yep. So when mammoths went extinct, everybody else went extinct with them. Like big snow plows. That's what they were. I mean, yeah. I mean, and there was other species, just Colombian mammoths that we talk about or mastodons. But yeah, the giant ground sloth is a very unique, their whole lineage of sloths are a very unique thing. They were like specialist to nothing. Like they were trying all kinds of niches. And I do think there's some evidence that suggests a couple of them were fully predatory. So they're, they're like the fully grown uh, life-size water bears. Maybe. They just fill every niche, do everything. But that's... they. What was that? I don't know. I heard that too. It's a strange sound. Oh, okay. Uh, Sound like something clicking or something? Yeah. Uh, okay. But that's pretty much been the giant ground... The Jefferson's giant ground sloth. Yeah, Jeff, and that's why yeah. the Jefferson's was special. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry for the low energy this week, guys. Well, it's Friday, you know? It's relaxing energy. Yeah, it's energy. Friday. It's relaxing energy on Friday. Remember to stick your head out of the car window and feel the breeze. Not if you're driving. If you're only, <laughs> only if you're the passenger. If you're driving, only do it for like a split second. Just to get that just to get it out flash there. of air in your through your face. Um, you know, let that let your hair blow in the wind. You know, do some windsurfing while you're in the car too, while you're a passenger today. Or if you're a passenger today. And if you're inside and you know you're just not feeling the best and it's just get outside and enjoy some sunshine. Just get out there and enjoy it. All right. Yeah. I think that's a good one to end on, Jay. All right. I've been the great and powerful mystery. And I've been Jay. Please remember, guys, leave a five-star review uh, in, in a comment below. We yeah, leave a freaky fauna it. comment. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. All right, now, guys. Listen to this awesome Swede. Bye. Thank you for listening to Freaky Fauna Friday. If you want to help the podcast grow, remember to share and give it a five-star review.